Welcome to Hot, Healthy, Never Hungry, a podcast dedicated to changing the way women eat to lose weight so they can feel their hottest. I'm your host, Lauren Hubert, former fad dieter turned registered dietitian. Each week, I'll share all of my favorite healthy eating tips and swaps, help you through frustrations on your journey, and show you the science behind losing weight. Hot, Healthy, Never Hungry is here to make weight loss simple, fun, and easy to stick to for life. Hello, sexy fit babes. Welcome back to another episode of Hot, Healthy, Never Hungry. We are joined by Miss Abby. She's a businesswoman who honestly has been listening to the podcast for two years. She's inside of 90 Day Fit Babe Body. And there was actually a post that literally inspired me to have a conversation with her in my DMs privately. And I'm like, you got to come on the podcast. And I got her on. She's here. This moment is happening. And she was basically speaking in front of a room of like a hundred people. Someone snapped a photo. And of note, there were so many men around, which is really significant because, you know, not only are you a businesswoman, but you're a businesswoman in an industry that's notorious for being very male dominated and you're owning yourself, you're owning your confidence. That was a huge reason why you even wanted to work with um, TSN and me and the brand and being able to really achieve your goals. So without further ado, you guys are in for a treat with this episode with Abby. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, this is so good. I want to pick up at the conversation we were having before we pressed record, which was about confidence and loving the way that you look to be able to stand in front of a room, to be able to be the best version of yourself, to be able to crush whatever industry you're working in. And for yourself, why was it important for you to not just invest in yourself, but to achieve the goals that you have for yourself when it comes to weight? Why was that so important for you when you started your journey? Yeah, it's a great question. So I graduated in 2010. So I guess I've been doing this professional thing now um, for 13 years and I've been in my current company for eight. So, and my weight has fluctuated enough within that time frame for me Ooh, to have a pretty wide yeah. frame of reference of just knowing when I feel my best and when do I perform my best at work. And it's when I feel best about myself. So after I had my baby, my second baby in August of uh, 22, and I knew I had um, a big year where I was going to be outside my day job, president of a large 700, 800 member association um, so in Dallas. So this is completely outside of your yeah. normal day-to-day job. This is like add-on. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's complimentary that it's, it's all, you know, part of my professional world. But yeah, I, I knew that I would be standing up in front of rooms of hundreds of people. And I wanted to look back on this time and this opportunity really of having this leadership role and say, I felt my best. I did my best. And I knew that if I like whenever your pants feel tight, you just, you know, you're not saying the right things in front of the crowd. So I just wanted to feel good. So that was really the impetus for for the timing of joining what I did and, and why I wanted to hit the ground running with you. Yeah. And I will say you were one of those clients that was like, when you applied, like you were ready, you were ready to go. What led you to that point where, you know, for some women, it's a slow lead up. <clears throat> you want to lose weight, but it's kind of like, when do I start? It's never the right time. We're pushing it off. Why were you so ready and primed when you applied for coaching? Because a lot of women struggle with, you know, just jumping into it. It can feel scary. Yeah, no, for sure. So I um, I will not be shy. I have been a TSN fan since COVID. And that's when I had my first babies with COVID. And I found you on Instagram. And I feel like when I found your methodology with calorie counting, not being villainized and 
getting in movement, being health movement is a good thing and not just for the sake of like burning as many calories as possible. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, like not like I, the toxic diet culture. Exactly. Stuff. That's yeah. Exactly. So I was able to follow you on Instagram and listen to all your podcasts and I lost about 35 pounds after I had my first baby. So then after I had my second baby and I was even, I was messaging you while I was pregnant. I was like, I can't wait for this baby to come out. I'm going to follow it again. The weight's going to fall off. It's going to be great. Well, after my fourth trimester, um, I, I knew what to do. I started counting my calories. I was getting in movement, but I just, I needed more accountability and um, I hit a plateau. I was counting my calories, tracking my steps. I was using Fitbit at the time. I just said, I need something to really push me. And, I'm, and I work really well in a team environment, just like at the office. So I, I knew the community would be just the thing to help me accomplish my goals. And it, it's really been awesome. So that's, I tried doing it myself, but uh, needed that extra push. Yeah. What do you think was making you really stuck? Now that you've obviously gone as far as you've gone in the program, we're going to talk about all those juicy details, but like what was getting you stuck when you applied for coaching that you didn't even realize at the time? Oh, see, I think I did realize it, but just all Ooh, the fun opportunities, yeah. you know, I, if I'm being really self-aware, I mean, just food tastes really good. And there are a lot of really fun things in life to celebrate and a lot of happy hours and a lot of family events. And um, it's wonderful that there are always things to celebrate, but I didn't have I wasn't self, I wasn't being relentless about the process. And I tend to be relentless in all other areas of my life, but I wasn't, I was stuck. I couldn't figure out how to get relentless with my weight loss. So mm-hmm. I think that's what it was. Yeah. So what I'm hearing and also just knowing your story so well, Abby, and when I say story, also like your journey and really what that's been like for you with work, with family, food is fun. And I think a lot of women feel shame that you freaking love food. Like I love when my clients love food. Like I actually get so sad when, you know, obviously women who struggle with disordered eating like I did in college and food becomes the enemy, like that's absolutely horrible. So I never want a woman to feel bashful or shameful, especially if you're listening to the show. Like it's awesome if you love food, like that's not a bad problem. It's okay. How can we work with that and still honor and love and celebrate food, but also achieve our weight loss goals? Because if we also don't feel our best, that's not only detrimental to our mental health and our confidence at work or, you know, in social relationships, but it also is detrimental to our health ultimately. Yeah, definitely. I'm a big believer that there's a lot of freedom in structure. And before I joined 90 Day Fit Babe Body, there was just a lot of freedom. And I was like, okay, I (laughs) need to train it back in. Yeah, no structure. And structure is a really good thing. It's a really empowering thing because there's a lot of flexibility that comes along with that. You can decide where you're going to give and take and what's worth it. And I just, it was a little bit of a free-for-all. I was tracking all those calories, but there were a lot of calories that were happening. So yeah. there was a lot of room for were, improvement. Were you one of those people that were tracking your calories and like you were on it, like super honest, tracking oh. every everything? Or were you one of those people that were like, okay, well, I know I went over, so let's not see the damage because I know the damage is there. Yeah, no, that's a great point. So it wasn't until I joined officially 90 Day Fit Bay Body that I um, started actually tracking vegetables and fruit Ooh. for that matter. I was like, oh, I'll just track like the caloric foods, like the meat, the sauces, the desserts. Like I don't need to track everything. And then I also learned a bunch of measurement, you know. Oh, yes. I feel like in a lot of our calls, we've talked about measurement. I love that. Yeah. So the coaching call has been really awesome with that. So I definitely was not tracking like I could have or should have. But I was getting in the habit, you know, I was building the habit of getting into the app and putting in my foods, but um, now I'm doing it at a different level, which is, which is awesome. Yeah. What do you think has been some of like the biggest things that you've changed 
that have allowed you to see so much success physically, but also especially on the scale? Like what specific, like, I want to know the micro details of like the diet, like what, what's actually changed? Definitely the focus on protein. No question. I mean, my snacks before might've been popcorn because it's low calorie, but nowhere, not near filling. So the focus on protein, the fact of y'all always recommend and the coaches at TSN add in, don't take away. So if you're going to have the popcorn, also have grapes and beef jerky with that. Don't take away the popcorn, just put, you know, have some tomatoes with it. And I think that's been really helpful. And the idea of pre-planning, which I'm still working on mastering, but we're all works in progress, right? Um, But planning ahead, because I plan my calendar to the minute every week. And I plan my time with my kids and with my husband, with my family, my friends. Now I do that as much as I can with my food as well. That's when I find that I have room left over or more flexibility to have fun or um, work in foods uh, rather than just after the fact being reactive and thinking, how, how did I spend my calorie money? I did not need to eat. XYZ. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually been such a big theme coming up lately with a lot of clients. But, you know, it's, I feel like structure has gotten like a bad reputation. Like we immediately feel, or not we immediately feel, I feel like diet culture immediately feels that that's diet culture, that's bad, that's being too restrictive with your eating. When in reality, to be the most successful version of yourself at work, you know, there has to be structure. You know, you have to set boundaries. You can't be a pushover at the office. And at the same time, you also can't be a pushover with your diet. And as much as like, yes, we need to be able to make decisions on the go and not overstress those decisions and, you know, do the best we can with the cards that we have when we're traveling. And Abby was in Vegas recently, you know, sometimes, I mean, there's a lot of food in Vegas, so there's are, there are opportunities to get on track and, you know, stay on track with the plan. But There also are a lot of opportunities where fun is presented to you. And it's like doing the best you can is really all that you can. But at the same time, doing the best you can shouldn't be all the things that you do. Like what, how can you plan in advance and actually set yourself up for success instead of being so go with the flow, especially if you're not seeing progress ultimately? Definitely. Yeah. I'd say, um, I probably have two to three happy hours a week, uh, for work. And a lot of those are open bar and there's wine being handed out and there's a whole buffet of appetizers and password herbs. And I have to go into it with the right mindset because I just wouldn't be able to function if I if every event was a free-for-all. I would literally not fit in any of my clothes. And I have had periods in my life where I pick up the, you know, whatever that's coming around on the tray and have the wine and a cocktail. And I just feel like crap the next morning. So it mentally and physically, and it doesn't set me up for success with all the meetings I have the next day. So um, yeah, yeah, I think structure is so important. You know, something we actually talked about before we press record is you were like talking about how, especially the conversations we have on this show, like it's real women, it's real diets. Like it isn't just chicken, broccoli, no rice, like all these diet culture diets really promote, right? I want to get really real. The Abby before when you went to happy hour, all these like work happy hours what were you ordering? What were you eating? And I want to then talk about like, what are some of the swaps and changes you've made? Because, you know, a lot of times people will say like, just never have a sip of alcohol in your fat loss journey. And I know that hasn't been the entire approach for you with TSN and the work that we're doing together. So I would love to hear like really what you're actually doing. Cause I think it would inspire a lot of the ladies here. So anyway, pre TSN, all these work happy hours, like drinks? What did you order? How many of them? I want all the details. Yeah. So, and I'll answer that also. I I also do a lunch meeting every single day at a restaurant. So like, 
Okay, ladies, if you say you can't lose weight eating out, yeah, I'm glad you're here because Abby is proof you can. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So luckily I can control the location. So I try and go places that have calories on the menu so I can, you know, be contained with what I'm eating and have knowledge, you know, rather than making a swag, silly, wild ass guess. But um, pre- Wait, that's iconic. (laughs) (laughs) Have you heard that before? It's so good. I've never heard that before. I need to use that. Yeah. No, but I would say pre-TSN and even, and when I'm not in a healthy mindset, I mean, I'm ordering the sandwich with all the mayo and the cheese and, you know, or the fried chicken sandwich or the potato sides rather than now when I go to events or personal or professional, I love to look around and see what the hot girls are eating. They are rarely eating the shit like they, and they'll have like a fun drink in their hand or they'll have one cupcake, like, but they'll also have the salad before they have the cupcake or they'll have the skinny margarita, you know, it's balanced. And so yeah. bef- I would say to answer your question, this is my very long way of answering it. I would just go for whatever tasted good or sounded good. Now I'm very intentional. Mm. I don't even drink it every happy hour. I was shout out yeah. to fit girl, Sarah. I love schmoozing with her in the community. Through the I love PSN Sarah. community. Oh yeah. She, she just hit 20 pounds down today. Sarah, we're giving you a shout out. Yeah, she's a killer. And uh, we were messaging about like habits and work, traveling for work conferences. Oftentimes I will get a soda with a lime in a short glass. So I'm not even drinking the cocktail. I'm just carrying around a drink that looks like a cocktail. Yeah. Not nearly as much fun as having a real cocktail, but you know, I will, I'm super mindful about when it's worth it and when it's not. And um, it just feels better. I know I've earned it when I've been more thoughtful about it rather than just after the fact saying, oh, how many drinks did I have? What did I eat? Yeah. I haven't actually overtly asked you this. I mean, obviously the businesswoman vibes fit the businesswoman quiz result, but are you a party girl or a businesswoman in the quiz? Yeah. So I'm actually a party girl. I was super bummed. I was say. Like, after I took the quiz and I wasn't a businesswoman, I was like, I don't even know myself. <laughs> like my identity, what's going on, right? Really, uh, identity But crisis. I was going to say everything you're describing, being a foodie, loving food, ordering things totally based upon like what you love and enjoy, like that is telltale party girl. Yeah. And it's awesome because you do have a good relationship to food. Sometimes party girls, not saying you are Abby, so I'm curious and I want to ask you about it. Sometimes my party girl clients not that they struggle with their relationship to food, but past diets have really tainted what they view as healthy or what they think they should be doing to lose weight. Was that you or is it just solely you love food and you just didn't have structure? No, I, um, it's so funny. I was thinking about this story before I was getting onto the show and, um, I have a vivid memory of being like eight or nine years old. And my mom and I were about to join Weight Watchers together. And my mom on the way to the Weight Watchers meeting, my mom said, we're about to do Weight Watchers. Let's drive through and get our last Big Mac at McDonald's. So we did that. And bless my mom's heart. She's the most wonderful person in the entire world. That's my relationship with food was always that it was a little bit off limits. And I snuck the candy and the Oreos, you know, at the house growing up. And as I've grown up and my friendships have evolved and my maturity and, you know, knowledge base has evolved. I'm now more of a healthy eater and love, you know, I still love her You've freaking good Oreo. Like, are you kidding healthy me? Eating. Yeah, yeah, it just it feels good to eat cleaner, but um yeah, my my relationship with food is is super interesting. It goes goes way back. Yeah, and I think with the party girl mindset, which I mean, some of us always have a little party girl in us when it comes to food, especially if you're a foodie, even if you're another category for like the quiz, right? But when you're a party girl and that restriction comes in, I think it almost makes the weight problem worse for a lot of women and it logically kind of makes sense because when you really love food, And then we're basically creating shame around food, 
what happens then is you want what you can't have and an expression, like a visual expression I love is like, it's like a bow and arrow. The more you restrict, the more intense the diet is, the restriction, the arrow going back, it's just going to go forward a lot. And that forward is the binge. It's the overeating. It's the I'm good Monday through Friday, but then Friday night, Saturday, and all of Sunday is all of this overeating, making up for and and ruining all of the progress that you quote unquote had made during the week. And, you know, I think that's incredibly an important story and conversation because that story is unique to you, but also I know so many women have had the same experience where their moms and bless their hearts because it's not their fault. It's all the dieting that we're taught, right? Like it's normal to kind of save our calories and save it for one big hurrah. And, and really what you're describing is how you've seen success is actually, you know, yeah, it's worth it to have hurrahs here and there. Right. But it's, how can you be fit for life? And you looking around the room and looking at the quote unquote, hot, healthy women, and you notice how they're eating, you notice they're not restricting and then just saying F it to their diet. They've actually interwoven fun the entire time where it's, they're never off the diet, which is really the goal here. You don't want to be off the diet. This is just a way of life. Exactly. That is my goal. My goal right now isn't an end weight or an end game because I know it's going to ebb and flow through seasons of life. And my goal is to, and I told this to Hannah when I, or um, Kendall, when we had our coaching call, the goal is to make being healthy a habit and have it be who I am and not just Monday through Friday. Cause Lauren, I've been that bow and arrow my entire life. Like binge was my middle name. Okay. Like I Abby went binge. for it. Yeah, Abby binge. <laughs> so just to have it be not all or nothing, not saying F it, it just feels so good. It feels so balanced and healthy and um, feels good to go back, you know, have that structure. You just said you aren't focused on the goal weight. A lot of women listening to this can't fathom not obsessing over the weight that they want to be. How did you go from, I'm assuming before caring about a goal weight to now laissez-faire, my favorite word. I don't know why guys, I love that (laughs) word. Laissez-faire. I'm chill. It's a journey. I'm going to get there when I get there. Like, how does that happen? It's all because when you open my eyes to body composition, I used to be that cardio girl, like go get a run in, burn 400 calories. Okay. Then go back to the kitchen. I'm starving, eat everything in sight. So during COVID, as I was following you, I really started doing the Peloton strength workouts. And now I really try and do weight and resistance training. And I have never felt hotter than when I lost all that weight after following you. And I felt strong and lean And so now I'm just shooting to feel like that. And that weight could be different on the scale, but it's, I'm trying to shoot for how I look, but of course, weight matters. Like I get on the scale every day. I'm like, can that number go down? So, I mean, it matters. And don't don't get it twisted. I also have a vivid memory, Abby. I forget what week of the program it was on, but I remember there was one time where I wouldn't say the word freak out, but you saw the scale. It wasn't showing you what you wanted it to because you had been losing weight so consistently and you were in such a rhythm. And then one week, I forget if the scale went up or it at least like stayed the same. And you were like, I know weight fluctuations happen. I know I'm not going to lose weight every week, but like, why didn't I lose weight this week? <laughs> in that moment, how, how did you navigate that? Because that also is something I don't think we've talked a lot about on the show. Like when you see progress consistently and then like the first week you don't see progress, but you didn't change anything. And it's just like such a shot at your ego and your confidence. And as much as you don't care about the scale, I mean, you do care about the scale in some respects, totally. right? So like, how did you navigate that? Yeah. Like WTF, I tell other people to stay the course, <laughs> but I want the damn scale to go down. You know, it's so funny. It's so true because you could be, you're, and you are such a hype woman to everyone else in the group currently right now. 
but it's so funny what happens and it's with all clients, not just you, you can like, even with me, like, it's so easy to give advice to other people, but like you actually doing stuff is always going to be the hardest. And especially when it's not doing, it's like believing in yourself and not like tearing yourself down. Yeah, exactly. And I love hearing you and then just other people and not even just about health and weight loss, but in, in life in general, it's not, you can't be motivated all the time. You have to have consistent habits. And one of my favorite books is Atomic Habits. And it's that blurry line between the things you do and then who you are. And so I, I'm like, okay, I don't like that the scale didn't go down, but I'm going to keep doing all the things that I know are eventually going to lead me to what I want to see happen. And just staying true to that, I may lose motivation because the scale is staying the exact same four days in a row, WTF, but I know eventually something's going to hit because I'm doing the right behaviors. So it's yeah. consistency. Oh, easier said than done. Easier said than done. Yes. I have to pick your brain on this. As a businesswoman, like not the quiz result, guys, like actual yeah. businesswoman. <laughs> Let's get that clear. As a businesswoman, what not tips, but like what have you learned through business, like business life lessons through your career, a career spanning over 10 years and in really high position, leading many people within the company you work for, and specifically sales. What have you learned through business that you've actually taken those lessons and applied to weight loss? Yeah. The biggest thing is that you can't let the highs be too high and you can't let the lows be too low. What do you mean by that? Um, If something really sucks, like a high weight or Mm. not getting a deal done or totally stubbing my toe with a client, you can't let it ruin the whole week. Just having the longer term perspective of, yes, this sucks right now, but it's going to get better. That happens a lot. And I'm I'm a pretty emotional person. Just ask my husband. He'll tell you. Um, but staying as middle as possible um, is super helpful. So I think that and then also just being very disciplined about time management, that's been helpful because it relates to the kitchen and going out to restaurants and eating. I mean, it just... It, perfectly correlates just being disciplined. Yeah. I think that's so true. And and really it is so true. And it's one of those things, especially with business. And I can only speak from the entrepreneurial space, but unless you live it, it's sort of like you can hear these concepts, but then you like see it in business or see it in weight loss. And you kind of have to experience it to actually understand what that means. Cause in the moment it's going to feel like life and death, even if it's a very micro problem, even if it's just like a small failure, but On the flip side too, though, when I hit a low weight, like, yeah, I want to celebrate that. And that's really exciting. But then I can't have what you call the weight loss entitlement and be like, oh, I hit this low weight. Now I'm going to go celebrate and have the chips and the margarita and the steak and the burger all at one time. Like, no, you have to stay middle because the highs can't be too high and the lows can't be too low. You really have to stay true, stay to the course. Yeah. It's sort of like, especially in sales, I'm sure you experience this in some way, shape or form or have in your career. Like unless the deal is signed and like, it's all done, like the deal's not done yet. So it's sort of like when you're celebrating this low way and like, it's awesome, but it's a data point. And until we get to like, whatever the ultimate goal is, and we're not talking about like goal weights here, but you know, we, we really solidify that progress. Like we, it's almost like you're celebrating it before the deal is done. Yeah. And I honestly think I'm so biased, but I think there are so many similarities between business and weight loss. Maybe I'm biased as an entrepreneur and obviously a dietitian that works with weight loss, but there are just so many lessons that you can learn through business and sports that I think really apply to losing weight. Yeah. Do you um, have a favorite mantra or something that you relate to business and weight loss? Because you always, I know, I know I'm the one on the podcast, but you're the yeah, one that's no, here to I listen to. <laughs> Let's flip the script. No, this is great, Abby. I agree about the highs and lows. I think with 
business, there's going to be ebbs and flows. And that's really what I've learned too. But I think the more you can just rely on data points to drive everything, because you're going to find the reasons why you suck or the imposter syndrome or why something isn't going right. And so I actually think the more you can have like hard, concrete data, which no surprise is why my framework is the way it is, because I want I wanted to create something that wouldn't allow women to like question their progress. Like it's, it's, you're either making progress or not. Like you kind of have to know that. And it's tough because your body composition can change and the fat loss and muscle gain can kind of impact what the scale is showing you. But ultimately like you do have to very succinctly answer the question, are you making progress or not? And it is black and white in that way. But the issue is with nutrition, like sometimes things aren't black and white because nutrition isn't like a perfect science, but yeah, progress is a little bit more black and white. And yeah, I guess the biggest thing I would say is knowing that it's going to ebb and flow, but having like real hard concrete data. So you can't get in your head, especially if you're doing it on your own and you're not working with a coach. Yeah. And that that's a good segue because the one other thing that came to mind is you were bringing that up and I love your thoughts there. The the power of a team, because no one's going to care about my health or weight loss more than me, but having the accountability and the support and the friendship, frankly, around healthy eating and the program has been so key. And it's that way in business also. No one's going to, you know, there has to be a leader. There has to be somebody with the highest title but it takes a village. Everybody has different strengths and can offer a different perspective. So um, I'm I'm really appreciative for that uh, out of the TSN community, for sure. Yeah. You're making me even think more of this business stuff too, because when I think of business and being successful in any aspect of life, I mean, it could even apply to like school if you guys are in school or pursuing higher education or, or really anything, but like you have to put in the hours every single day. Totally. And I actually think sometimes we don't talk about that a lot in nutrition because I mean, everyone's looking for the quick fix. We're looking for the hack the way out of the hard work solution for weight loss and healthy eating and how you can lose weight without exercising, which is true. But like, there is a point on your journey where like, you're not going to build muscle if you don't get to the gym, like protein can't just make you build muscle out of thin air. And like, you have to put in the reps every day. And you know, this is a totally off topic, but like I have posted on social media every day for like the past three and a half years. So like if someone's asking- And we love it. Keep and it I up. love it. And I love it. And I love the process because <laughs> I've fallen in love with the process. And so yeah. I actually apply that to losing weight and I have fallen in love with nutrition in the same way, which is what we hope Abby and everyone else has too, which is like every day you're going to have to eat. And just like I post on social media every day, I eat three, four or five times a day, a bajillion different choices that I'm making. So it's like fall in love with the process because you're going to have to show up every single day. I love that. It's like, what does it get your 10,000 hours to become an expert? Like Tiger Woods putting in his hours on the green or Sarah Blakely at Spanx putting oh, in her love hours. Sarah like, Blakely. And I mean, can we, I mean, could you think of a better work product? Like, come on, Spanx, yeah. you know? And it's like all of us on ourselves. We, I always think I am the president and the CEO of Abby Incorporated and I got to put in my time. And I mean that usually from a business standpoint, but it's the same way with health and wellness. So we all own our own shit and we got to do the best we can ourselves. I love that. And even if you're not an entrepreneur or a vice president of a company or anything like you are your brand. And that actually is a big reason why I love the work I do, because I think regardless of who you are, what you do as a woman, like even like think about getting in a relationship with someone, like when you're on Tinder and you're putting your profile up, that is a reflection of you. And I'm not saying the thinnest version of you. I mean, I've been thinner in my life, but I'm happier now. So that's not the point, but it's like, 
your brand of who you are and how you represent yourself and how you treat yourself through food and exercise and your habits, all of that is a reflection of Lauren Hubert Incorporated, right? Or whatever we want to call it. I love that. And so you kind of view this journey as like you and your essence are like a business. So I'm going to manage myself in the way that I would lead a successful business is what I'm hearing. Definitely. Life's too short to feel anything but your healthiest and hottest self. And you only get one body and in, in life. And I tell, I say it to my friends and family all the time. My goal in life, I just want to live my best life. I want to do the best I can, you know, make the biggest contribution I can. And that includes to myself. So I want to feel good. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about the picture, the picture of you standing in this room. I want you to set the scene. What was the situation? Who are you talking to? Were you nervous before it? And the core of it and why I'm even bringing it up is a lot of women feel like they can't love themselves if they're not at the goal weight. And you're not at your goal weight, even though I know we talked about like, there's like one set goal weight, but like you want to lose more weight. You've made it thus far. And you've lost a significant amount of weight thus far, but you still have more you want to lose. So how did you bolster up that confidence within yourself to be able to own that room, feel so confident, even though you know you want to lose more weight? Walk us through that. Yeah. So um, that was a big event, one of our banner events for this association that I'm part of. It's finance focused and it's an international association and I'm president of the Dallas-Fort Worth chapter. So that was a big event. There were a couple hundred people there. So not even a hundred, a couple hundred. Yeah. Good Lord. (laughs) Primarily um, like old white dudes, you know, gotta love them. Um, Saw from the picture. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) There's no hiding it. And that's cool. They're wonderful. We love them for that. So the program is 13 weeks. And I think at that time I was on week three or week four and I was starting to feel progress and feeling myself. I put on a dress that honestly is probably way too dated and not fashionable because it's old, but it's a dress I hadn't worn in a long time. And I was so excited. I just, I was feeling myself, you know, and when I put it on and I felt good getting in front of the room and I do opening remarks and I thank the sponsors and I, you know, share a little bit of content. So I'm not up there for long, but all eyes are on me and it's really scary. And I, I'm up in front of crowds a lot and I get up in front of my team a lot, but every single time I get nervous, cause and we were talking about it before the show, I, imposter syndrome is just real. It's like, what, why do I deserve to be up here? Like, I, I mean, these people are so much smarter and better and, and hotter and all the things. And, and that even relates to weight loss. I mean, I hear women say all the time, like, well, you know, all these people and all these transformations I share, but then I still every day it's like, but like, is that possible for me? And I feel like that's part of like the imposter syndrome. It's like, we can't see the beauty and like amazingness of ourselves because we're so focused on the negativity. It's not just you. Like even I struggle with imposter syndrome. I don't know any person who doesn't struggle with imposter syndrome. Yeah. Definitely. So if we're going to have imposter syndrome, we need to equip ourselves with all the tools that are going to make us feel the most confident. And yeah, after I saw that picture that someone snapped of me, which by the way, is probably the worst angle in the entire world. But I was like, you know what? I don't look that bad. I am doing the right things. I'm practicing the behaviors that Lauren and the coaches are recommending and it's working. I feel good and I'm not where I want to be, but I feel good. And I'm going to continue doing this because it feels good to feel good. So um that was that was the essence of the picture. <laughs> so good. So that picture was actually unplanned. Like you had no idea someone was snapping a photo of you. Thank goodness they did. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, it's we actually had another event last night and um I was actually on a stage in front of a couple hundred people and someone took a picture and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this stage is very elevated right now." And anyway, yes. it's it's crazy, but um, lots of cameras and everything's on social media these days. You can't hide from the camera. I'm like, just you please really get a good can't. angle. 
You can't. Yeah. For women out there who, whether it's like giving a speech or a presentation or honestly like applying for a job or like doing anything where you're putting yourself out there. And even if you feel confident and sexy, like it's hard to put yourself out there, even for someone who loves social media and likes to talk on a podcast every week. Like it can still be hard. What piece of advice around gaining confidence would you tell a woman out there who is trying to lose weight, isn't at the end goal, but has these important like life events coming up and she still wants to own it? What advice would you give her? The Superman pose. Do you know that TED talk? Yes. I've, oh I, I don't know if I listened to the TED talk, but or maybe I did listen to the TED talk. You know what? I probably listened to the TED talk one day, like many years ago before like I had a presentation in grad school or something. I feel like I remember it. Yeah. No, I, it's, um, and it's somewhat metaphorical, but actually physical that before you, you're doing something like whether it's getting up in front of a crowd or having a crucial conversation or about to do a big presentation, find a little corner or go into a bathroom stall, put your hands on your hip, puff up your chest and do the Superman pose because that is chemically shown to help give confidence and also just, and it sounds kind of silly, but positive affirmations and I don't affirmations. talk dirty to yourself. Don't do yourself dirty. I feel like you say that a lot, Lauren, but just <laughs> tell yourself nice things about yourself. You deserve to be in those rooms. You know your stuff. There's no one better than you to do that. And I, I have to remind myself that all the time. But I think the Superman pose and the positive affirmations is really key. Yeah. I love a good Superman pose. I love positive affirmations. Something I learned about more recently from someone is called box breathing, I think it is. So basically, I think it's a certain amount of seconds in and seconds out. And I actually did it before. And it like really works. I don't know if it was placebo, but obviously, I know these things are researched back too. But even breathing things like that are really good, especially if, say, you're wanting to lose 30 pounds and you're like 10 pounds down already. And like you're starting to like second guess yourself. Plus, you have this big, you know, event that's, you know, stressful for you try one of these things. I think it can really help. And I think the most important thing that I'm taking away is like, just don't be an asshole to yourself. We're going to go yeah. there. Like, like pick yourself up and be cognizant of how you are speaking to yourself. Yeah. And I think it's taking the steps before you even get to the presentation or you get to the event to know that you're you're taking yourself in the right direction. Because that, that always gives me confidence when I have my life together, when I have my ish together. It gives me more confidence to know I may not be exactly where I want to be, but I'm doing everything I can to get where I want to go. Yeah. Well, to end off, I want to ask you three rapid fire tips Oof. that you would tell someone if they're beginning their journey right now, wanting to lose, let's say 20 or more pounds. Plan the time on your calendar, like physically put on your calendar when you are going to go grocery shopping, plan your food and, um, and plan your snacks. So plan, I guess is the spirit of that one. Plan. And when you say plan, I want to interrupt you. So I guess this isn't rapid fire. When you're saying planning, does that mean plan what you're eating, plan the grocery list, plan it all? Like, do you know what you're eating the day before? I try to. That's I'm most yeah. successful when I do that. I notice a difference when I plan everything I'm going to eat versus when I don't. I actually, you commented on my weekly check-in and I have a, an accountability partner. I need to, I need to do that better. I, I probably do it about 50% now. So but yes, plan as much as possible. Yes. And depending on the week, right? When you're in Vegas, your planning is going to look a little bit different than like when you're at home and you're working, work from home every day, like very different vibes. 
Yeah. I would say my second tip, um, I mean, these are all your tips. I feel like I'm plagiarizing. Um, You're not plagiarizing because I love hearing tips from clients' perspectives and having you guys share them, especially because like this is your journey. It's not my story to tell ultimately. So you're not plagiarizing me. In the best way possible, I want you to plagiarize me. Okay, good. Because imitation is the highest form of flattery. So good. Um, I I think movement. So as it pertains to work and business, um, I try and do as many calls as I can while I'm walking or pacing. Love that. Um, I have like a little contest with myself every day where my Fitbit to see how many steps I can get. Or if I know I'm going to have a 15 minute call, can I get three to 450 steps during that call? So get up and move, um, I think is a big one. And then the last one, um, I mean, again, plagiarizing, but getting having a lot of color on your plate. So fruits, yeah. vegetables, brown is boring. Yes, the brown is delicious, but add in some color. The more color, the merrier. So I'd say those it's are very my true ones. about the brown. I used to say gray, but I'm like, most food isn't gray, but usually it's like a tan brown color when your plate, it's not that any of those brown foods are bad, right? But it's like, Usually if your plate is brown, you're not having any fruit or veggie on there. So we want to eat the rainbow. And no, we're not talking about Skittles. <laughs> yeah. You can have those too if you plan them. No, I'm just kidding. Yes, if you plan them in advance. So plan, walk, and rainbow is really, really the vibe we're getting here. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on the show, Abby. Thank you for having me. I'm appreciative of this community. And yeah, thanks for having me on, Lauren. It's been a pleasure. Miss Party Girl, businesswoman. <laughs> 